Cheers. Ready, set, go. Hey. One, two, three, go. Bing. Bing. There you go. Nice. And, well, well yeah. you can't just cheers and not drink. Oh, yeah. You got it. I already, I already started. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we needed this fresh hour. Exactly. These, these, these shows are typically so pointedly topical and so concise that we have to take a break from that and just just have a hey, random show. Well, yeah. Hey, everyone's yeah. great. Wow. We need to pop like up every in couple of years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you had the delightful opportunity to leave your desk job for a week. Is it a week? Um, and, uh, a week. Do your and summer road trip. Actually, it ended up being 10 days. Nice. That was lovely, actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so talk about it. We, our annual trip is. It was, it's funny is like, so the past 14 years living in Maryland, our annual trip has always been, Hey, let's go back to Detroit, visit family, and then go up North and go camping and everything else. And my wife and I, now that we're living in Michigan, in the Detroit area, we don't have to go on our annual vacation to Detroit. Ish. Sure. But, (laughs) and so actually... We still did our going up north and going camping, which for once, and people commented on this, and it was actually refreshing that I was, I don't know, engaged, I guess you can call it or whatever, but I did not bring work. I did not check work. I did not care about work. I did not want to think about work. You leveled up, my friend. Because... (laughs) How many times, and you know, I was going to say, and you even know this, I mean, how many times have I gone on a vacation of some form and it's always been work, work related, doing work, not being able to unplug from work because I gave myself some excuse on why I was Mm -hmm. doing work instead of enjoying myself. No personal boundaries, uh, enabled by technology. I mean. I mean, with the advent of the the powerful laptop, you had no excuse not to work, no matter yeah. where you were. And yeah. sadly, the campsite that we have, which is, you know, family property, it actually has pretty good signal. But <laughs> no, the beautiful thing about it is, is that nobody, nobody even bothered with it. Nobody, it was, it was a pure disconnection. Even the kids, pure disconnection. Wow. You know? People were, it was, it was all about, I mean, great thing about this. So we go to Roger city, there's this place called the nautical fest, um, or the the place is called Roger city. The event is called the nautical fest Mm -hmm. and, um, it's just this nice little small town event that has a small carnival, has a lot of events going on, art show, craft show, um, all sorts of, you know, cool things. And of course a car show. Car show. That is, a, yeah. That is definitely something that I was was there for. We nice. didn't stay as long as we normally would have, because halfway through we needed to basically turn back around and head towards Chicago because my daughter had tickets to Lollapalooza. And, I haven't uh, heard that word in a long time. 
<laughs> Lollapalooza. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Uh, so yeah, so her and her and her friend, big Red Hot Chili Pepper fans, and they were just like, "Look, if there's one thing that I want to do in my life, it's I want to go and see a Red Hot Chili Peppers." Like, okay, your long fifteen year life, the only thing that you can imagine ever doing is going to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And w- what was amazing about it? So, the way that you know, so the tickets weren't really that expensive. We only got for the one day because she had no real interest in some of the other bands and stuff. She really just wanted to go see the Chili Peppers. But because she was there, she was able to see you know at least like I think four or five bands while she was at the Sunday event. And so I was thinking, okay, so think about the music festival atmosphere, going to see Red Hot Chili Peppers. Now, she actually did something pretty amazing and either fought her way to the front or (laughs) however it was. Yeah. (laughs) She got all the way to the front. Did you guys practice ahead of time? Here's how you do it. (laughs) Actually, funny enough is that when we, so her first concert wasn't really that long ago. And she and I went to go see the Lemonheads. And so took her there and she basically elbowed her way to the front. And I just kind of like followed behind her because, you know, hey, I got to be with my daughter. I mean, Natural I'm not born later. Exactly. She, not you. <laughs> oh, exact. Totally. And, and so she elbowed her way to the front on this one. And some of the photographs that she took are, I mean, I was just like, wow, you guys really were incredibly close. That's cool. And and so I was thinking to myself, okay, I think I paid 120 bucks for her ticket for the day. And if you think about, like, if she were to go and see the Chili Peppers at a normal Chili Peppers concert and got basically front center stage, she said there there was three people in front of her. That's it. She couldn't um, elbow those people away, right? She, you know, um, <laughs> she, uh, honestly, story that she, apparently they were like this couple and they were like all over each other and stuff. And she apparently yelled out, yeah, yeah, we get it. You love each other. Now move. Like, uh, that's my daughter. Wow. Yeah. But, um, Exactly. So she, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's what she did. And so I, I took the opportunity to basically have a, a nice semi-architectural, semi, just, you know, like relaxing time in Chicago while she was doing that. My wife and I were basically walking around the city and hanging out and looking at some of the cool new stuff and just cool old stuff and just hanging out. Yeah. I was fig- figuring that this story had to get architectural at some point because oh, it, you always, it, it your vacation always turns into an architectural field trip and going to a place like Chicago, oh. there's a lot of opportunity can, to see some cool yes. stuff. How can you not mm. go to Chicago and if your trip doesn't turn architectural, then you're doing it wrong, <laughs> right? <laughs> because, right. you know, if you think about it, so... I think I shared with you some photographs. I went to the, uh, the roastery, the Starbucks reserve roastery. Yeah. Yeah. And it architecturally was, was pretty amazing. Now 
I called it, you know, Disneyland Starbucks because there was a long line, a bre- you know, it was, it was actually quite impressive how long the line was just to go in impressive to a four story. So it was the world's largest Starbucks. The interior was amazing. The arch, the, the interior architecture was just, it was, it was really nice. Um, a coffee, you know, I mean, it's it, just it straight was, up Starbucks, right? It was, <laughs> so this can tell us I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's just yeah. normal Starbucks coffee. Well, they did, they did have, so they have a specialties that is only the, at the reserve. Okay. And oh yeah. And with and with it was, reserve prices also. Yeah. With reserve prices. And it really yeah. wasn't that so actually though it wasn't really terribly expe- more expensive than I mean three cups of coffee and a, a pastry was you know, thirty bucks. So it's still I mean, I'm thinking to myself, thirty bucks and how many how many of my own coffee that I could make at my house with that you know, with the same robust flavor. Uh, everybody bet me. It was just like, I bet you won't go up there and ask him for a cup of Folgers. Nope. It's like, it just like, I should, I should walk up there and say, you've excuse been, me. You've been conditioned by, by inflation though, to say, to say that's a, a normal price to spend it. No, I'm well, in a pastry. <laughs> yeah. That, that was, it was, it's sad that, that yes, you're right. That we've been conditioned to that. Although I was there and everybody pretty much just, I was just like, we're here. We might as well get a cup of coffee. Why not? Everybody was, everybody wanted to leave. They were like, you know, we, we'll, we'll just go get something at the Seven Eleven. Like, yeah, you're right. I was the one who actually kind of convinced them to stay in and get Those the Those stores are really expense. cool though. I mean, they're, they're, they are, like you said, it's, it's multiple stories. I've been to a couple of reserve stores. Some are better than others, but the one in Seattle that I've been to a couple of times now is incredible. I mean, the, the attention to detail, the materiality, the lighting, the, I mean, the, the options of things that you can get there also are they're, they're way more than, so, so I guess the reason I'm saying this is if, if you are listening and you've never been to a, a Starbucks reserve, they are quite a different animal than any other Starbucks out there. And, yes. and even oh, then there's absolutely. some are, some are better than others. So this is kind of yes. like the Apple store version of a coffee the, the, shop. Absolutely. And 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 it's pretty amazing. So like each level had it, you know, its own kind of speciality. Um, there was even one that like had barrel aged bourbon coffee at the, yeah, you know, right. at the very top. And it was, it was good. We were on the third level when we ordered coffee and that was more kind of like, you know, some of the specialty coffees and things like that. But it, but yeah, I mean. I was but architecturally I was, like like architecturally. That, that roaster the 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 yeah. pneumatic tubes that they send the beans to different locations in the store. Yes. It's kind of a yeah. Rube Goldberg machine of it. It, it sort of is. It's really cool. Everybody walked in. They're like, "What is this?" I'm like, "Oh!" And then we you know watched a couple of the pneumatic tubes shooting coffee beans through, and they're like, "This has got to be just for show." And I'm like, "No, it's it's actually real." And so we we did. We did watch that, uh, which was, which was kind of cool. I was, the thing that I was like, kind of like shocked at is like the furniture budget is, yeah. you know, like the FF and E budget on that thing must be just like insanely amazing because 
right? It was not cheap furniture. It was beautifully designed mid-century type, kind of all wood. It was beautiful. And it was, it was like, it was really nice. I mean, it was really, really nice. This and, reminds me of a Starbucks that I popped into in Helsinki, of all places. I mean, I was on a wonderful vacation with my wife. I'm sure we talked about it on the show. And I'm like, wow, fancy furniture. Like, this looks like super Scandinavian. Really Alvar Aalto-ish. Oh, yeah. this is actually a Starbucks in the book. The I think it's called the Academic Bookstore in downtown Helsinki. That is Alvar Aalto, like one of his most famous oh, commercial wow. projects. Oh, yeah. wow. It was like, I didn't even realize where I was, but it was like, wow, the furniture budget's amazing. Oh, I recognize those doorknobs, like like the push-pull, the door pushes. And it was like, those are Alto. Oh, my God, yeah. I'm, in the, I'm in this incredible place. I didn't even realize it. Uh, and you were like, yeah, who cares about the, yeah. the, the coffee? Although I will right. say that, so it, it was interestingly full circle because the very first Starbucks coffee that I ever had was in Chicago when we were on an architectural tour in school. And I probably, it, w it was definitely not that one, but I probably went into the, the original Starbucks that I w had gone into and burnt my tongue because the coffee was too hot. And <laughs> I was just like, and for a while it actually sort of put me off of Starbucks. I'm like, yeah, this is, you know, it's, yeah. and so I didn't drink any of that kind, but you know, now I'm just, this guy comes walking by and he's just like, what is everybody waiting in line for? And he's holding like two cups of Starbucks coffee in his hand. And he's just like, oh, this is a, a Starbucks. He's like, there's a Starbucks right over there across the road. Right. And just like, oh, but this is the, he goes, is it the same coffee? And I'm like, I'm thinking, and this is what I'm texting you. I was just like, I'm just standing in line in the Starbucks coffee, Starbucks reserve right. in line. And I hope that it's not the same coffee as I could get literally right across the street because the dude who, who just said, Hey, there's a Starbucks right across the street. Yeah. You gotta, so. you gotta tell yourself the story that it's not the same. I mean, and I, the, yeah. the environment it really wasn't. helps you tell that story. Yeah. It wasn't. There is, they, I got, I ended up getting a dark chocolate espresso because I mean, if, if espresso wasn't enough, go ahead and add some dark chocolate in there for the extra kick of caffeine. I just wanted to point out that you say espresso, Corman. You say espresso because it has an extra shot of caffeine. Maybe that's why you say it like that. Espresso. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone needs to watch the YouTube version right now. <laughs> so anyway, snob. <laughs> Not a coffee snob, but a word snob, yes. Yes. <laughs> but, but, so, of course, also went to the... The Apple store. And, uh, oh, yeah, that's it's just, one. it's exquisite. <laughs> you and I went there during the AIA convention and we went there. Obviously, it was close because it was dark, middle of the night. And so we went there and it was, I mean, I, I was impressed with it. I'm, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, there is nothing negative going to be coming out of my mouth, but we didn't get a chance to like fully immerse ourselves in like what was going on there. Mm -hmm. And I love to go into places like that and look at not just the place and, you know, experience the place, but also me, I, I want to start looking at details. I want to start seeing how things are finished off. Everything was thought through all of the devices, all of the, 
the fire extinguisher cabinets. I mean, all of yes, these things yeah. were all thought through. It was very clean. It was a beautifully detailed. And then you just sit there and you're just like, okay, how you know, these, there's these two massive columns in the middle, you know, kind of like maybe one third in from the glass on either side. And so anybody, you know, please look it up because it's, it's, it's a pretty amazing building, but those are the, that's the only visible structure. Everything mm -hmm. else is like this massive cantilever with basically glass holding it up, glass holding up and it's, this. Uh, and just to paint the picture, it's like a razor thin roof edge at the very tip. Oh, yeah, and yeah, and yeah. so the cantilever you're talking about is this round rectangle roof that just seems to float above and almost entirely, is it entirely glass enclosure or there's some solid oh, yeah, walls? Yeah. I can't remember. Nope. Fully, fully glass all the way around. Fully glass all the way around. And, yeah. and so, yeah, the, the, the structure inside of that, like you're saying, I think it probably houses like the utility core, the elevator, things yep. like that as well. Yeah. Yes. But you yeah. can basically walk on the stairs inside or outside the building. They match mm -hmm. and the glass yes. is what keeps the environment out or in as it Exactly. Be. And it's, so it's, cool. it's right. The thing that I love about it is that it's so transparent that if it weren't for just the, basically the lid of a laptop type roof that they have, because isn't it yeah. that the, the kind of the dimension of it? I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. So it, it is so unobtrusive. They, it, you can. If you're on the plaza side, looking through the building, you can see the river. If you were on the river side, looking through the building, you can, you know, you're visually connected. Now you're lower, but you're visually connected to the, the plaza and the building behind it, which is of course, you know, my favorite building. Just, I don't know what struck me about it the first time that I saw it, but for some reason, it's always been just my favorite building in Chicago. And that's the Chicago Tribune building. Mm. And it's right behind it. And so there's this layering yeah. effect. And even when you're standing across the street and you're looking at, looking across the river at that building and also the, the Tribune building, you, there's no obscured view. It's just, it, it's, it's well done. I mean, the whole thing about it is just well done. You know, the first time I saw it, I was just like, oh, this is kind of weird. And I was also like worried about, it's like, oh, this is like, you know, it's right on the Chicago river. It's going to be cold. It's going to be this, it's going to be that. I don't know how it is in the, in the winter time. Yeah. But we've seen the building twice and it's both been kind of like in the summertime, mm -hmm. but it is a, it's, it's a well-situated building, beautifully sited, detail wise. I mean, impeccable. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't Lots know who, money uh, there. who, who it's actually It's a foster and partners. Is that a I foster? Believe. Okay. I believe so. It, it it's impressive. I, I, uh, I really appreciated like, I mean, the level of, of detail of just the fire extinguisher cabinet, they've got this, <laughs> they've the got the, the stairs at the base like, of the stairs. It, there's right. the stone that wraps around the stairs and just one of the stone panels, you can see that it's, you know, just slightly gapped and it's got just a small picture probably maybe, I don't know, four inches at, at best high. And it's just a little red embossment of a fire extinguisher. That's it. That's the only, re that's yep. the only way that you know that is that. 
well-integrated exit signs, well-integrated like diffusers and strobes and all of these other things. It, they, it, when you see buildings like that and you know how much coordination goes into making sure that all of those devices are hitting in the right spot, all those lights are hitting in the right spot and everything is just, and then all of the stuff that's above, especially with like a paper thin um, ceiling or, you know, roof, it just, you're like, yeah, this is, this is pretty good. These, these, these people know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. And just the tech that's in those tables alone is mm, incredible. Yeah. And you don't yeah. know it. Like it's just completely hidden, but there's security, there's power, there's all these different sensing capabilities. Mm -hmm. A lot of them have stuff underneath. Like if, if somebody does want a printed receipt or it's yeah. incredible what's going on inside these birchwood or maple tables but, that they've got. And you don't see any of it. It is, so, it's, everything is so simply out of sight, out of mind. Now, mm -hmm. yes, is it, it is definitely designed with the Apple UX kind of user experience kind of philosophy in mind, because it's not just the ease and use of our devices. Well, it's the ease and use of their building too. It, the, that simple aesthetic that simple use of, of just like their mm -hmm. OS systems and stuff kind of carry on through the way that you actually use the building, which you got to be impressed with. I think some of my favorite parts of that store in particular, I think it's hilarious that we're going on and on in a city of Chicago <laughs> about the Apple store, but the Apple stores are capital A architecture. And I think oh, yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah, yeah, worth, yeah. worth yeah. talking about the, the screen that oh. is between kind of the main part of the store and the river yes is incredible and okay. the way they have those little maple boxes that are just kind of randomly strewn about for people to mm -hmm. sit on mm -hmm. because they conduct classes in there it's like this they what they used to call the theater i don't know if they still call it that and then they've got these huge planted trees with these beautifully designed <laughs> yep. planters with with seating around them that are just kind of little islands in the store that are occupying space Yep. But because it's yep. a two-story volume, there's plenty of space for those trees to grow inside. And it's, it's just so well done. Beautiful. Yeah. And I will say, so uh, my daughter's phone was dying. In fact, actually, I I walked in and I was like, you know, I don't have a genius uh, bar appointment, but I'd like to make one if I could because her phone, for some reason, one of the newest phones that we have, won't hold a charge, overheats when it's when it's being charged. And so I wanted to kind of take a look at it and all that other stuff. And so we were sort of waiting. And then I got this text that said it was basically going to be about like a two hour before they could see me. And then we gave up and went and got some, uh, some good old Chicago deep dish pizza. As I'm standing there waiting for the text to like, let me know when, you know, when and if they could see me, I'm staring at that screen that you're talking about. It's enormous. It is enormous and it is such perfect clarity. Mm. I, I just, I was, I was trying to convince my wife. I was like, I, I believe that that is all I want our basement to be is a screen <laughs> just that, that big. I, I don't care. <laughs> That's what I want. Uh, nothing, nothing else needs to, you know, we don't need anything else in the basement. Just that screen. It's got I mean, to be I a think million it, dollar screen though, right? It, oh like my God. Little, it's, it's all by a, itself. It is yeah. insane. It is it, like, 
And, you know, you would assume that screens that big, normally we used to see, and in fact, you know, even the early Apple stores would be multiple screens just, you know, mashed together. You know, if like something would go out or something, you would see the lines between each of the panels. This one, one enormous, like it's got to be one of the biggest, just what I would call flat screen TVs that I have ever seen in my life. That is a single panel. I was just like, this is amazing. I'm like, please tell me that they watch like Bears games or something on this TV. I hope so. (laughs) Uh, They don't. Um, They were actually showing some of like the, you know, some of the new technology. Obviously, it was kind of like running some advertisements of some of the things that were there. But it was still, I was just like, wow, this is amazing. Because they, as you said, they seamlessly integrate technology into this experience that is just you you it's almost like you don't even realize it's there even with this big old screen and you're looking at the screen and to be quite honest with you the screen has got the backdrop of the city the river and then the city the river and 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 it's so like the activity behind it if you're not singularly focused on the screen of like you know ooh, what's on the screen you would never really know that the screen was there because of all of the activity that's going on behind it. I was just, it, it actually was a really impressive mm. retail store. I mean, who, who would have thought, you know, we'd be talking about retail stores, Apple store, as you said, or Starbucks and stuff. But these are two examples of the, the store itself is all about the user experience. It's a lot of, because a lot of times it's, it's, you know, a lot of times it's like commercials or a TJ Maxx or something where let's get all of our goods in there as much as possible. And no one really cares about the actual store itself. It's yeah, big queuing, right. big queuing line to get you out of there and then jam, jam, jam full of stuff. And these, it's, it is just the opposite. I mean, they don't, the store is probably filled with all sorts of like stuff that you can buy. But they've only got it neat, you know, as, as everybody probably knows if they've been in an Apple store, everything is, you know, we don't need 5,000 things like out on there. We'll put our five things that we sell and everything else will be out of sight, out of mind. And we'll just do it neatly arranged where people can enjoy themselves, sit down and just be comfortable in the space with the technology kind of immersed around them. And it's not about. It's not really necessarily about like buying, it's about being. And, mm. and really Starbucks was the same thing. Starbucks was a little bit more insane because it was, it was kind of a, it was, there's a circular escalator that, you know, goes up. And so you, you, you get on these escalators at the ground floor and you kind of like go all the way to the top. And then if you want, you can come down. Um, so it's kind of a, a Guggenheim-esque type experience that you, but You've got like this, and it's all focused around the pneumatic tube area. Then they have it kind of like, then it layers out to, you know, here's, here's here where you would order. So there's your, you know, barista bar. And then everything else is all about sitting, relaxing, enjoy, listening to the coffee mm-hmm. shop music, reading some stories about, all, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, it really is focused all about the user experience in, in both of these, mm-hmm. which was, which was pretty amazing. Yeah. 
I, I think it's a it's an interesting way to think about architecture because I don't think we get to think about our projects like that all the time. And these are they they do it to the nines, right? It's like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll do everything they can to make it a rich experience for people, and they have a lot of money to do it, right? So mm -hmm. they don't yeah. skimp on materials. They don't skimp on like even though it's. I think it's, you think about like the schools that we've worked on in the past where it's driven by maintenance, right? And, and you <laughs> got to build the walls out of CMU or you got to do yeah. sheet metal or, or like whatever. And it usually ends up just being like the most robust material you can find. Well, here yes. it is that, but it's also extremely elegant. And so oh, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, the, the, I don't know what the right word is, but it's like this kind of experience tax of the, that they've paid to yes. ensure that that it's as nice as it can be for on our behalf because i think that's one of the most interesting things about both of these stores is like you don't have to go in and buy anything right you can right. just go right. hang out there oh, yeah, as yeah. much as you want and uh and they know that like over time as you do that more and more you're going to be more and more and they, aware of their brand and exposed to it and then you will but uh, it, it is interesting yeah and they want people like that they want kind of like loiterers if you want to call them that you want people mm -hmm. to just to occupy the space because it isn't necessarily just about you know get your food get out you know kind of thing it's get your food yeah. experience the place we want we want bodies in this place to feel to to show that we're like you know the place to be right yeah and and so basically their business model is it's like okay you may not shop here today, but we know you're going to shop here because you come here enough. You experience this place enough. Now, I will say that not all Apple stores have that same kind of like experience level as that. I no, mean, some of them do. It's a flagship store. Yeah. yeah Just like the those, Starbucks Reserve. I mean, right. they're not it is all definitely be like that. Yeah. Right. Because I think the next, the other one that I can think of is the the one in downtown New York City right at the edge of uh, Central Park, the Cube. Oh, yeah, the Cube. Um, yeah. And, and that thing, I mean, you see, basically all you see is the entrance when you're walking up yeah. to it, which the is cube the Cube. Is just the, the vestibule. You, exactly. <laughs> and then you see it like twist down and you go underneath it. And then that's where the experience is. And that's where you feel very much like the, you know, that you're, you're not forced to buy. You're just forced to be. Well, not even forced to be. You're just there to be. I think what's so cool about this whole idea is that, I mean, bigger picture, their focus is on building a relationship with people, not on creating a transaction. Right, right. And so their whole goal is to build a relationship by creating a great experience. And I think, you know, just if you think architecturally and you think about brands and you think about how brands approach people versus processing a transaction or processing you know, an engagement with people mm -hmm. to get them out as quickly as possible versus let them loiter and experience right. and ask questions and partake in a class or ask a question about how does that thingamajiggy work with the, the right. coffee move, you know, being the beans being moved around. All of that just creates a more, way more immersive, meaningful experience for people. And I think it's so interesting that that can happen inside of retail architecture. Right. And, and the more right, exclusive right. brands, like the ones we're talking about here, obviously have the luxury of having the money to do that. But it is also to 
very much to their advantage, right? And right. to oh, work yeah, yeah. with architects to make that happen, I think is is absolutely incredible. No matter what you actually think about those brands, if you think big picture, like that's a pretty incredible thing that goes on there with that collaboration between brand and architect to create those experiences. Well, I think about think about the architecture that I'm likening it to the Guggenheim, the places that are, I'm not talking about like, oh, it's, oh, this Starbucks is like your Waffle House or, or something like that. I'm, I'm comparing it to capital A architecture because it is capital A architecture, like you said. And it really is about, say, I can't restate it better than what you just said, is that it's, mm-hmm. it's about building those relationships and building the experience. And, you know, and that, that experience is all about that building the relationship. I mean, because I mean, will I go back to a, a, another Starbucks? Sure. Was I complaining about some of the quality of the Starbucks coffee that you get? Sure. But you know what? I still like to go back there and I still like to get a Starbucks every once in a great while. And places like that are definitely things. This is like, oh, I'm going to go and hang out here because. Oh, it's a highlight. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Now, granted, I, I was more curious about how you become a Starbucks bouncer. Because they, they had somebody, well, they had somebody standing at the front door, basically like letting you in, in waves. It's like, how many people do you have in your party? Oh, uh, we've got four. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, you can go ahead and go. You know, it's just like, really? Like, I mean, people are knocking down the, the doors to get in here. And then I look around the corner and I see this really, really long and growing line. Mm. The very, the very first night that we got there. Our hotel wasn't too far from the reserve. So I decided, Hey, let's just drive past it and take a look at it. We got into town probably about say, I don't know, two thirty three in the afternoon. And we were looking at it and we're like, oh, wow. That's a very, very busy, big line outside of the Starbucks. Yeah. Right. Um, it was, it, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's kind of insane. So and what else did you see in Chicago that you loved? I honestly started to just kind of go down memory lane. Again, the first time that I had visited Chicago was on our architectural trip. Um, the professor that took us had worked with Mies. And if you look in the last three books that were actually written, you know, about by Mies, um, you'll see his name in there as, you know, kind of like, I guess, an associate of Mies. And then he moved on to, what is it? Um, SOM or HOK, which one took over, uh, was kind of like the disciples of Mies, SOM, right? It's gotta be SOM. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they did. And so he was a project manager on the Hancock building. So we went to the Hancock building and just, we walked around and looked at, I don't know why, but every time we like get somewhere, people are like, oh, I need to go to the store. And like, why do you need to go to the store? We, we brought everything we needed. So, oh, I, I forgot something I need to, can we find a target? I'm like, haha, yes, we can find a target. Was it the Carson Prescott building? The, and, and if I'm misstating what the, how the name is, but it's, um, Louis Sullivan building, mm-hmm. uh, with the, with the, it's got kind of like the round and it's got the cast iron and everything That's else. Well, super it's, cool. Yeah. Well, it is now a, target and i'm like okay well if yeah. we're going to 
and it's right down State Street, which was where our hotel was. And so we're like, well, if we're going to go to a Target, we're going to go to an architectural Target. And then walking around there, I was just like, oh, look, Monadnock building. This was mm. at one point in time, the tallest building in the world, you know, or one of like the tallest masonry buildings in the of its time. And just walking around and the, seeing the Sears Tower, which of course we'll never call it the Willis Tower. And I don't know. I don't care how, how you long it's not that. been this. Yeah. You gotta beep that out. <laughs> how, how long it's not been the Sears Tower? Sure. In fact, the last few times that we've been with the kids and stuff, it's always been the Willis Tower, but I, I, I can't call it the Willis Tower. I still haven't been there, but I've heard it's really a cool experience as well, where you can get out in these transparent boxes and look straight down because yeah. you're standing yeah. on glass. Yeah. And I could never convince any of my family to go with me. And they're like, it's always funny. It's like, just don't make it kid, optional. Well, the kids are like, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not a big fan of heights. I don't want to go. Okay, fine. And then my wife's like, do you see how much it costs to go up there? Practical. <laughs> she gets practical. So, so she goes practical, they go fearful. And I'm like, so you All guys right, can whatever. go spend 30 bucks on coffee at Starbucks, but you can't go stand uh, over air on the Willis Tower. <laughs> I said, I said the, the dirty word. You did. You said it. You know, it's funny is like there are those buildings or those places that they were called one thing at one point in time and then they've changed their names. And so now there's something else. And like Comiskey Park, it's not Comiskey Park. It's whatever is the new sponsor. person, you know, sponsor of the thing. But I, I don't know what it is. It's Comiskey Park to me. All of these different places. I'm not going to call oh, the Carson Prescott building a Target. I know it, it right. houses a Target, but it's not a Target. Not to me, it's a Target. So it's a, but all in all, it was, it was a good trip. It's a good nice good way to, I mean, it was, it was funny. It was, it was like, it was, you know, work, 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 and then get away from work, get away from work completely by going to the woods and getting away from just architecture in general, and then going to a very architectural city and just being a casual observer of architecture and enjoying and experiencing architecture. And kind of like refreshing my memories on why I actually do what I do mm -hmm. to then come back to work and jump back into it, sift through and wade through all of the emails of like, say, you know, Hey, now that you're back, can we have meetings and go from having absolutely nothing to right. having a full, uh, docket full of, Hey, can I ask you these questions or, um, what would you use as a vapor barrier in this particular uh, condition? You know, it's just like, okay, you know, just roll up the sleeves and get back to it. Exactly. So do you feel like that was the right order to do it in? Do you feel like the right order was to go completely decompress, be in the woods, be away, and then like work your way back into the urban, back into the job? Or would you like to do it the other way around? Honestly, I think, this was the right way. Cold you know? turkey. I, I would call this the cold turkey way. You just yeah, cut it off. It was a, yeah. I mean, it was, it was enough of a, I mean, it was short enough trip to the woods. I mean, it was only four days, but it was four well worth it days. Got the tents set up, got everything ready. Got, you know, I was like the fire tender. It was just like, 
Fire's going out. Where's Cormac? Cormac, fire's going out. <laughs> Serve me. They they brought their oh, daddy. No, no, no. No, every every so over the years, whether my brother-in-laws or anybody else wants to believe this, everybody's come to rely on the way that I make fires. And, you know, there's everybody's got their own way of making a fire, but mine mm-hmm. usually end up being like these big, massive roaring fires. You know, I kind of do the old fashioned TP method mm-hmm. and mine just t- tend to be, you know, these large kind of like roaring fires and stuff. And so everybody appreciates you know, the big kind of like almost like bonfire type feel of mine. And so yeah, I'm just the fire master. We don't get to do that out here. There's no fire burning in the summertime in California or Oregon. Like you're just not allowed uh, to do that, it. That is, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously with the Canadian wildfires not being too far from us, we of course are very, very cautious, very, very, you know, careful about them. The good thing is, is that property that we have has got a really good like open area where we have, you know, this nice big fire pit lined with these, we just like cleared a bunch of stones off of the property and just made this big, massive, beautiful little fire pit. Yeah. So going from tent camping to hotels is the, the, the wife approved way of doing it. I, I also, assume. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but you think yeah. that's the right way to do it rather, because I think, yeah, that would be harder to sell to the family to go from like hotels to camping to back home. That just True. sounds like a harder, harder road to, to tow. <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody was really geared up for camping. And so it it was, I think everybody, I think the, the way we did it with cold turkey method of completely detaching from it was something that just felt like it was necessary for us to do. I mean, mm. you know, you know, you, you, you go out out on these, you know, breaks and I've, you've been going to like Crater Lake and all of these other places and it's enough of a detachment from the kind of like the day to day, right? Where... Mine was just a little more extended, extended out, but it's just basically a, a good long weekend kind of mm-hmm. uh, trip mm-hmm. for us. Four good days. Absolutely. Yes, there was reception, but nobody cared because the, you know, no one, right. no one's face, no one's face, no kid, no adult, no one's face was buried in, in a, uh, a device. Everybody's just like, you know, yeah, going for hikes, going canoeing. Going to the beach, we we took a drive up to the Upper Peninsula and went to waterfalls. Uh, I I will say that I wasn't. I guess it wasn't truly cold turkey because I did make an effort to, as we were driving up and as we were there, because we stay on the Lake Huron side of things, that I did want to go and see. We saw four of the Lake Huron lighthouses. Oh, so that's cool. It wasn't purely void of architecture but it was it it was it was the fun kind of like hey look it's old it's exploring yeah exactly it's exploring yeah but yeah that's awesome very cool well happy summer to you i don't think i'm gonna really get like a true summer vacation this year but maybe next episode i can talk about a couple little trips i've done recently because i'm like Finally getting out and exploring a few areas because we've had some family visiting and just leave a, leave a little teaser there, but, but doing a couple things out here. That's been, been nice. Yeah, exactly. All right. Then. 
Well, all right. Glad to be back at the grind. (laughs) Welcome back. Exactly. Get to work.